0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen,
1: it is that time.
0: Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Anybody else feel like a kid on Christmas morning this morning? The NBA calendar for this sprint of an offseason has been released as a new CBA has been agreed upon by both the Players Association and the NBA, and as we get close to the NBA draft eight days from today, I will share with you what this NBA calendar is going to look like. Plus, speaking of the NBA draft, today is part two of my conversation with James Ham, where we talk specifically about the draft. You're going to want to hear who Ham has the Kings picking at number 12. I'll give you a hint it's not a wing, it's a point guard. He'll explain on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. I'm looking forward to season number seven covering the Kings, both as an on air host and multimedia journalist. and things are going to get going quickly here as not only is the NBA draft in eight days, we found out that free agency is going to begin two days after the draft. That is crazy and I cannot wait for it. November 20th, free agency will start at 6 p.m. November 22nd is when free agent signings can officially begin at 12.01 p.m. Then you have training camps opening on December 1st. By the way, Thanksgiving and Black Friday in between that in case you didn't know. And then opening Night is on December 22nd. On top of that, right now there is a freeze on trades and transactions because the CBA hadn't been negotiated and changed. Well, that's going to be dropped here very, very shortly. So we could have trades and transactions happening uh, in the next couple of days leading up to the draft itself. So get ready for this wild ride. No matter what you're doing, find a way to get involved. And of course, any updates any news, any information that has to do with the Sacramento Kings over this crazy chaotic time, you can get that information, that conversation, those updates right here on the Locked On Kings podcast. And you can also get that information from the one and only James Hamm. If you didn't hear part one of my conversation with him yesterday, I encourage you to go back and do so. Although I will admit some of the conversation is a little outdated because we were discussing the December 22nd start and what it could look like just hours before the new CBA agreement was released, and the new calendar was released. But the majority of the content from yesterday is still current. It's good. It's must-listen. We talk a lot about how the Sacramento Kings will handle this quick start time and this quick turnaround and how that could affect uh, decisions on Bogdan Bogdanovich and, and Buddy Heald, for example. So go and listen to that if you haven't already. But today's part, part two is my favorite part out of our conversation as it's all about the upcoming NBA draft here, just eight days away. And like I said, in the tease, James Hamm has an interesting selection for the Sacramento Kings at number 12. He explains his reasoning talks about just the amount of options. The Kings probably will have at 12 talks about the, the possibility of the Kings moving back in the draft or moving up in the draft and the pros and cons, of uh, of both. This conversation's phenomenal. It's going to dominate the podcast today. So without any further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my discussion, part two, all about the NBA draft with James Ham. All right, let's switch gears and talk about this draft. At the time of this recording, James, we're eight days away. Or rather, nine days away. Sorry, it's crazy uh, to think that this draft is coming up so quickly. It snuck up on all of us with uh, Election Day and everything that's been going on. It's like, all right, suddenly the NBA season is alive and well, and here we go. Uh, Before we jump into your mock drafts and and who you think the Kings could get at 12 if they even decide to stay at 12, uh, an ESPN article – talked about the Sacramento Kings using that number 12 pick. It's one of the most prevalent in trade conversations lately uh, per different NBA sources. That's the same thing with the Celtics number 14 pick, the Wolves number 17 pick, the Mavericks at 18, Nets at 19, Heat at 20. Uh, So the Kings, sounds like, are not afraid to make that 12 available in trade conversations. Uh, First off, does that surprise you at all? What kind of value do you think a number 12 pick in this draft which is considered a quote-unquote weaker draft has and in if you're trying to get into Monty McNair's head which is very difficult to do is it using that 12 to try and move up is it using that 12 to try and get an already established asset in the NBA to help you win games right now
1: I'm doing all of those things I'm looking at whether I can move up I'm looking whether I can move back um, I'm looking to see whether I can package it to get rid of a contract. I'm looking to see if I can package it and upgrade a position. Um, I, I am shopping that number 12. So like, this isn't a normal draft. And, uh, I, I think here's how I'll describe this draft. I don't think that there's a, a bunch of busts. Um, I don't think that there are a bunch of stars or even, you know, I'm not even sure if there are any superstars in this draft at all. Uh, but what I do think is that there are a lot of solid NBA players, rotational players, guys that can help teams. Now, if I'm looking at this draft very specifically, I'm not moving up for for uh, like a bunch of these guys. It, like uh, the LaMelo Ball and Anthony Edwards, um, even Denny Avija, uh there's like a group of players that i'm just not really intrigued to move up to grab and then the second tier of players um you know guys like there are two guys that i would actually make a move to go get uh and that would be Obi Toppin and uh and isaac okoro i, I think both of them are uh they're guys that in the right situation could be extremely extremely valuable so again while i don't think you're looking at superstars um i do think that there is potential like star level in those guys and i also think that they fit what you're trying to do i think you know uh you would want isaac Accord to become a better shooter uh, but i love what ob Toppin does he can stretch you out and go uh you know shoot from the perimeter um he can beat you off the dribble he's he, like incredibly fast going from one end of the court to the other. Um, and then in the pick and roll, he's just like uh, bigger and better than Willie Colley Stein. I think Willie Colley Stein's actually taller, but um, just his ability to go up and get a ball in traffic in the pick and roll is nuts. And I love watching him play. Um, and then a Coro slides right in small forward position and, you know, you move Harrison Barnes to the four uh, and, and you just kind of just keep rolling. You have a guy who can really make a difference. Um, So outside of that, Matt, like those are the only two guys that I would really make a move to go up to get. And then I wait and see who lands to me at 12. And I think there are a bunch of wings that could make it to the Kings at number 12. I think there are some really cool, different styles of of backup point guards or a combo guards that could be there. And then there's Precious. So If you're at all apprehensive about the fact that Rashawn Holmes is entering the final year of his contract and that Marvin Bagley uh, played, what, 13 games last season, and those are your two centers, then you could start over again with a guy like Precious. Um, But what I like about number 12, Matt, is someone behind you is always going to fall in love with someone that should be around that number. Uh, So, you know, if someone looks and says, oh, my gosh, I just love Devin Bissell or I love... Aaron Nismith, I need a guy who averages, you know, 52% from three on eight and a half threes a game. Um, you know, then you have value that maybe you can move back a couple of spots. Uh, maybe someone takes on a contract like, uh, um, man, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, you know, you got a couple of six and a a half, $7 million contracts on your roster, um, like Jabari Parker. There we go. Maybe you move back two spots. You pick up another second round pick. Um, and and you just make some adjustments. So, um, I think the Kings are in a good spot because I think the player you can get at number 12, there might be a similar player, uh, at number 18, or there might be a similar player at number, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Uh, just, it just depends on how you're rating players. Like, again, I, I really like Kyra Lewis, uh, but I also like RJ Hampton. And are both of those guys going to be gone by 18 or 19? And the chances are like, no, maybe one of them will still be there. Maybe Sadiq Bey will be there. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to draft a 12 and you think you could get player X, is there a marketable difference between player X and player Y? And is someone else hot to get player X and will pay me something to move down a couple of spots? So I, I think I think is in a good position. And I also, you know, knowing he's got three second round draft picks, uh, he can sweeten the pot to move up, uh, if he wants to swing for the fences and throw buddy healed into a trade and try to move into the top five or six. Like, I, I just think that there are a lot of options for McNair at this point. And I think that's exciting. I think the Kings will be, uh, they have potential to be a huge mover and shaker in the next, in the next 10 days.
0: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Go, the healthy replacement for your energy drink, but the energy is not fake. It's lasting and it's natural. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. It helps you break through that wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Built Go breaks through it every single day. I used it just before recording this podcast to give me that extra energy that I needed to put together a good show for all of you. It's really easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five hour energy, but without that same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. Plus, like I said, it's way better for you. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. But how does Built Go work so well? Well, it combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein, so it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach and on top of that collagen protein promotes soft tissue joint hair and skin health the stuff literally makes you look and feel better visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 20% off of your next order that's promo code locked for 20% off at builtgo.com It fits perfectly into what we know and what little McNair gave us in his introductory press conference, right? He wants to keep his options open. He wants to be flexible. He, he likes the idea of being involved heavily when he wants to be involved, but if not, then he'll sit back and bide his time and, and wait for his opportunity to make sure he is in a position to make a big splash when he needs to. So that makes a lot of sense that the number 12 could potentially be available there. And and James, I asked Kyle Boone from CBS and Gary Parrish. this. Sounds like, I don't need to ask you because it sounds like you've already said the same thing, that I'm hoping the Kings can find and grab a player that is not necessarily going to be the greatest player in the draft, not necessarily going to be a rookie of the year candidate or even all NBA rookie first team. It would be great if that happens, but that's not what I'm looking at at number 12. I'm looking at someone who can come in and who can contribute. And it sounds like there are going to be a lot of players potentially available at that 12 range, or even if the Kings decide to move back that could come in and theoretically contribute for the Sacramento Kings right away, which is exciting for me. However, the Kings in the past, now this was not McNair's front office, this is two different front offices, have gotten in trouble drafting for need instead of best player available. And we know the Kings have a big need mainly around the wing position although they could use help basically every position that's not starting point guard. So, how do you balance that, I guess, and how do you think Monty McNair is approaching that? And this can kind of transition also into your mock draft that might surprise some people who you had the Kings taking at 12. But if you're the Kings, do you approach this draft for need because there are so many wings? Or do you approach this draft going, if we're at 12 and the best players available that we feel on our draft board, we're taking him?
1: Yeah, so this is the most difficult thing because at number 12, I mean, it really just, it comes down to where you rank players, right? So like, if I'm drafting for need, uh, I think first of all, there like might be 10 players at number 12 that fit a King's need. And some people go, why do you need a backup point guard? And I just look at them and I, I go back to the whole thing where like you literally have a Ferrari and you have like a, like a Ford F-150. Those are your two point guards. So the fact that you can make a Ford F-150 go 140 miles an hour, it, that doesn't mean that you're doing any good to the Ford F-150. And, you know, so I think Corey Joseph is a very good, strong NBA point guard, uh, a, you know, a reserve point guard that knows his business, who handles himself. But at the same time, if you want to push the, pen, the tempo, then go get me the speed guy. Go get me a guy that can sprint like De'Aaron Fox. So when Fox comes off the court or when Fox is injured, I don't take this catastrophic dip in production uh, and just catastrophic dip in the way that I have to game plan i've got to throw the entire game plan out and start over so that's where i'm kind of a guy who looks at the number 12 pick and go, look there aren't like uh, a bunch of like gigantic power forwards that are are slated to go anywhere near that it's mainly wings or guards that are there and then precious so the one big guy that could go around that area so i'm not worried about the king's uh drafting for need or drafting for for best player available. Um, because I think that's totally subject subjective in this situation. Um, and I also wanna like caution fans that very rarely does a number 12 pick in the draft equate to a massive change in wins and losses. Mm -hmm. If the Kings are going to get better, they're going to get better because Marvin Bagley got better and stayed healthy. They're gonna get better because Rashawn Holmes doesn't miss 25 games or De'Aaron Fox doesn't miss 25 games or Bogdanovich doesn't miss a handful of games. They're going to get better because you look better as a team. You're more cohesive, like finding a guy to be a franchise changer at number 12. It it does happen on occasion, but it never happens for the most part in year one. Um, You know, very rarely does it happen in year one or year two. So, you know, I know you've been a huge proponent of bringing back Ken Bazemore. Um, and I love what Baysmore brings as well, but my the my point is that Kent Baysmore for the next two seasons is going to be better than Sadiq Bay or Aaron E Smith or Devin Vassell or uh, name that that wing that could go right there. And so again, you're you're kind of stuck here. The number twelve pick is hard to go change the whole course of your franchise, and that's where I think trading back adding more assets or trading up and manipulating what you have and trying to get rid of some stuff or trying to just re uh reconfigure your rotation and your and your uh roster that's why i would move up um so i don't know does that answer your question sort of i mean i i guess like again in this draft in particular there are some guys that i really like at number 12 um but i do not think that they they will change the course of your franchise in year one or year two. Um, And so you're just hoping that you found another piece that's really nice.
0: No, I think it's a brilliant answer to the question, James, because I know I find myself doing it, and there are going to be plenty of Kings fans that – uh, might see the Kings go in a certain direction and immediately question what the heck you're doing. That's not a positional need. But then we look at the history of the draft where the Kings, I mean, you can talk about Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. He didn't want to take the ball out of De'Aaron Fox's hands. Well, you, you got the big man. It was a need and it could still work out. I'm not here to dunk on Bagley because I'm, I'm hoping he wins most improved player next season. But you saw what happened there. You could have taken or should have taken the best player available in that spot. Now, we know it's bitten the Kings in the past before, going all the way back to when uh, Jeff Petrie was making decisions. So I think it's a great mm-hmm. answer, and it's just you're going to have to look at it a reminder that you're picking at 12 unless the Kings move up, or you could even be picking down and having realistic expectations for it. That being said, in your most recent mock draft, you did something that I think will ha- would have a or spark a easy potential negative reaction from, from Kings fans who maybe misunderstand everything that you just talked about. You have the Kings at number 12 uh, taking a point guard, Kira Lewis Jr. Uh, out of Alabama. And like you just talked about, the the analogy that you used with Ferraris and Ford F-150s, De'Aaron Fox and Corey Joseph, you may have already kind of explained why going this route. Uh, but can you add on to that a little bit? What is it about Kira Lewis Jr. specifically that makes you say, yeah, the Kings with uh, I think you Vassell had already been taken, but even with like Knee Smith available and 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 some pretty significant wings still available, you have them going with uh, this point guard.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the reason I like him specifically, uh, he reminds me of Lou Williams, and you know, like I used to. I, I've written this story before. It's um, I think Jeff Petrie spent like the last you know, during this second half of his career in Sacramento, searching for for Bobby Jackson is what I like to call it. He was always looking for another Bobby Jackson. And finding Bobby Jackson is really hard. Like teams around the league, you know, there's only so many Jamal Crawfords or Lou Williams, uh, the guys that truly come in and spark everything and change everything. I mean, the reason why the Clippers are so good is, it has a lot to do with, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, but before they had Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you know, they were so good because they had Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell coming off the bench that that type of player is so impactful in today's game. And if you look at the playoffs again, a Dante DiVincenza, or you look at Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. you look at those guys that just really, really impacted the Eastern conference playoff picture that, that were huge pieces for their teams. Um, I, I think that, you know, again, it's a copycat league. I think you're going to find teams looking for that style of player. Now I also think that Kyra Lewis, he's bulking up. He's, he's basically 6'3, 165 pounds. There's word that he's up to 180 pounds. He's bulked up. He's gotten stronger. Um, so, so basically, You're looking at a very similar body style to De'Aaron Fox without the incredible wingspan, but a dude who just comes in and plays fast and moves all over the place, can pass the ball, can do a bunch of crazy stuff that can just cause problems. And I, you know, how many times do you have to have JJ Barrera, uh, like go off on you when you're playing the Dallas Mavericks before you go, man, I wish we had that type of guy, a guy who comes in and just lights a fire and changes everything. And so I think that that's why I like him. And I also, like, I've been a huge RJ Hampton fan throughout this whole process. I've watched a ton of film, film of him. Um, his ability to get up and down the court is De'Aaron Fox-esque. I think without the ball, running up the floor, he's one of the fastest players I've ever seen. Like, he looks like an NFL wide receiver sprinting down the field and catching, catching balls. He also has an elite ability to change to speed and direction, 6'5". Uh, you're talking about a guy who can pass the ball, who's got a lot of intangibles, made some mistakes going to Australia, uh, really got exposed for being an 18 year old kid playing in a man's league, but he's another guy that I think is a top five, top seven talent in this draft. And that could easily step in and be way better than his draft grade. And then maybe, uh, maybe a year from now, maybe two years from now, he's a guy who can start alongside De'Aaron Fox and, and keep up that incredible tempo. So, you know, I think there are a lot of players here. That's why I'm not afraid to draft a point guard because I think a point guard, while he's not the highest priority, that change of pace might be the highest priority. It might be that the fact that you couldn't run what you wanted to run when De'Aaron Fox wasn't on the court. And so that's that's why he really stands out as a guy who not only do I think uh, would fit, but I also think the Kings are interested in at number 12.
0: Now, is that what you would do if you were in charge of the Sacramento Kings or what you feel the Kings would do if they were in charge of the Kings? And if, it, if it's not what you would do, where would James Ham go in this draft if you were making that pick at 12?
1: Man, you know, it, it's one of those drafts where you just kind of have to wait and see who falls to you first before you can make any rash decisions. So if I'm sold myself on Kyra Lewis and somehow uh, Devin Bissell falls to me at number 12 or Isaac Okoro, or, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. If one of those guys happens to fall to me, um, man, I've got to keep my options open because I I think that's where the real success in this draft can come is by being patient. Um, but at the same time, Matt, you know, I, I know this team isn't good enough to, uh, to compete for a Western conference uh playoff berth in the way that they're they're currently formed like I, I'm realistic I understand that even if Marvin Bagley plays every game and, and shows incredible potential I think you're still you're still going to come up a little bit short because the West I'm um, the Golden State Warriors will be back uh, you know I, I don't think we're going to see the type of season out of the Portland Trailblazers that we saw last year I think they'll be better um, you know, maybe OKC takes a step back, but who the heck knows? I mean, we thought that before and they didn't. So, you know, you have to be aggressive here. You have to swing for the fences at a certain point. And if that means that you do try to talk Atlanta into number 12 and Buddy Hill for number six and and uh, Kevin Hoarder. Uh, like you've got to you've got to try to do something um, because that would yield that could possibly yield you. Uh, an Obi Toppin or a, uh, an Isaac Okoro, and they could be a game changer. And two years from now, you're a team who isn't just talking about, can we get to the eight spot, but how good are we? And you know how far up in the playoffs can we get? And so I, I think they're, you just have to keep a really, really open mind with this specific draft. I, I don't want one of the top two picks. Um, I don't want to waste the money as far as salary per year. Um, I don't like the fits. So if the Kings were going to try to somehow move up and, and take the Warriors pick, um, I think that that's a bit crazy, especially if you have to give up a future first. Um, but at the same time, like there are some players here that I think can impact the the game greatly uh, in the near future for the Kings if they're aggressive. And if, and if they're not, I think there are some really, really nice role players that can help you as well.
0: Final thing for you, and thank you so much for uh, taking the time. You've been so generous with your time here today. Uh, the We don't know what Monty McNair is going to do. We like to pretend or maybe try and get inside his head and guess what would be the best thing for him to do, but we really don't know because we don't know him that well. But we did get to know Vlade very well over the years that he was here in Sacramento, and you've had plenty of conversations with Vlade. You were able to predict a lot of Vlade's moves uh, right as they happened or even before they happened. So, James, in your mind, if Vlade were still the general manager of the Sacramento Kings, and we know how important pre-draft workouts are for him, and we don't know who the Kings have had, if anybody, for pre-draft workouts at this point, who do you think vlade would have favored or put at the top of his board or really wanted to go out and get even if it meant moving up or moving down who do you think jumps off the pages like that that would be a vlade prospect
1: man that's a tough it, you know i think everyone's gonna say oh vlade would draft a big man because he drafted so many big men <laughs> right uh and so i think that that would actually make precious like maybe a little bit higher of a priority uh, but again, I, I'm looking at the future. Like, uh, how do they fill that position? You know, how are they going to fill the center position moving forward? Um, you know, I, it's hard. Uh, like just looking at, I think Vlade would look for someone who could get up and down the court quickly, um, who, who could push the tempo, who, you know, fits what you're doing. And so that's why I do think that a lot of the same players we're talking about, um that, that he would look at that position, like at the point guard position and say, okay, I I think it do need something different here. Um, and then at the same time, I think Vlade would look at, uh, the veteran leadership that you got out of a Kent Baysmore. Um, you know, like, again, if you look at teams, it, it's only, it's a recent thing that you, you have teams like the Kings who come into like maybe not last season, but the season before where, They just have so many young players at every position and there is so little depth, you know, there's usually playoff teams have like, like nine guys who are 28 years old, you know, and then a couple of young guys who are up and coming, or even if you have like a star who's on their way up, I mean, look at how the, the uh, Utah jazz are, are drafting and how, how they've built their team. You know, you have a whole bunch of veterans, around a superstar young kid. And so I think Vlade would have looked more like not to fill that small forward position. Um, maybe he would look for a stretch four, but there aren't really a lot there at that position at number 12. Um, but I think he would have noticed the the same issues that we have about uh, the team's inability to keep their pace. Once De'Aaron Fox steps off the court, and he probably would have looked at a point guard or, Again, a guy like R.J. Barrett that, um, that is more of a combo but can really get up and down the court. Um, so I think it it would have opened some other doors that aren't there right now. Um, but overall, the, the holes in the roster are what they are. The holes in the rotation are what they are. If you can't see them, then you, you aren't very good at judging basketball talent because it's it's very apparent the holes that the Kings have um, and how they should attack those holes. And then it would come down to personal preference. Like, do I take, you know, a, like a guy like Aaron e. Smith, or do I take a guy like Sadiq Bey? Do, do I go for the three-point shooter or the all-around guy? Do I? So it becomes like a personal preference thing with every single one of these prospects.
0: And maybe I'm simplifying it too much, but I almost think Aaron Niesmith makes too much sense, especially with we, us both believing that Vlade would be moving on from Buddy Heald. It's not the shooting at Buddy Heald's level, and Niesmith certainly can't replace Buddy Heald right away, but you're, you're giving up shooting, you want to bring shooting in, and Vlade was kind of a simple guy uh, in terms of fix, see the problem, fix the problem. Uh, so maybe maybe that's uh, my read into the situation. Who knows? We'll never know because Vlade's not making the pick. We do know Monty McNair is, and as more information comes out, building up to the draft, of course, free agency whenever that's going to start, and then the opening of training camp and the start of the season just over a month away, uh, James Hamm will have uh, tabs on all of that, closely plugged into the Sacramento Kings with everything that they do. You can see him on TV, read his work uh, on NBC. Uh, be sure to follow him on uh, on Twitter as well james you've been incredibly generous with your time my friend thank you so much enjoy and good luck with everything coming up and i I can't wait to chat with you again hopefully when actual basketball is happening
1: yeah i think we're all hoping for basketball as soon as possible and uh for for everyone to stay healthy and safe so uh yeah and then just just get ready it's gonna be wild uh, get ready to to be refreshing and, and watching all day long every day because we've never seen anything like what we're about to see where they haven't made final decisions on when free agency is going to start and it could start in 10 days. And it's just wild. Like this is going to be the craziest stretch that I think we've ever seen. And uh, I, I think it's going to be fun.
0: I can't wait. I'm bouncing up and down in my chair just thinking about it, James. Thank you. I hope you are just as excited as I am for the NBA draft 8 days away. Huge thank you again to James Ham for joining me for these last two episodes of The Locked On Kings podcast. He is like I said a must Follow If you are a Kings fan, if there's any news that comes out of Kingsland, James is usually right on top of it. Sometimes, or most of the time, I should say, he's the one to actually break the news. So follow James on social media. Make sure you're reading his work, checking out his mock drafts. And I can't wait to see him in person uh, at a Kings game in the future, assuming we're allowed to go. Who knows? We still have that stuff uh, to work out. But I can't wait to also have James back on the Locked on Kings podcast, maybe during the actual regular season when we can talk about basketball. And it's crazy. Crazy. It's coming up. I mean, it's November 10th today. December 22nd is opening night of the NBA. And I know that might stress some people out who haven't done their Christmas shopping yet. But don't worry. Kings basketball is right over the horizon. That will do it for today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. As always, you can leave a review of this podcast. Uh, best place to do that is on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Please hit five stars there. Uh, also, if you want to respond to anything we talked about today or just reach out to me, get in touch with me, you can do so via Twitter at Matt George KHDK, or you can email me, mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Until then, this has been the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.